So tonight, I want to ask you, does God own you? And if he does own you, what difference does that make in your life, if it makes any difference? Now, you know, a little while ago, I was at home, and I did some baking at home. Now, you might wonder, who does baking other than mums and grandmas? But I'll tell you why baking is good. I baked up some chocolate chip cookies. I baked them. I owned them. I could do if I want with them. I could have gave them away to people, but I could also eat as many as I wanted for myself, and my mum wasn't going to stop me. I made them. They were mine. Now, God created this world. He created everything that's in it. It's his world. He can do what he wants with it. And he owns us because he made it and us and everything in it. But if God owns us, then what difference does that make for our lives? Tonight, we're going to see that we're owned by God and so therefore we're his servants to serve him. So please have a think about that passage with me. If you've got your Bibles there, read along and think about, does this sound fair, this parable that Jesus tells? Jesus says, Suppose one of you has a servant ploughing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to that servant who, when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit down and eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. So there's someone here who owns a servant. The servant's been working outside all day and he comes in from ploughing the fields or looking after the sheep and Jesus says, what's the master going to say to him? Is the master going to say, come and have something to eat? And Jesus says, no, he's not. What the master's going to say to him is first serve me. First uh, prepare my food. Wait for me to finish, then you may eat. Jesus is pointing out when there's a servant and a master, the servant serves the master. What the servant does revolves around what the master wants. The master doesn't serve the servant. Now, it can be a bit hard to understand uh, how that's fair in our culture today because we don't really have servants like they did back then. But back then, that was normal. If a master owned a servant, then the expectation was they did everything they were asked to do. It was just part of their job. The master owned them, provided for them, so they would serve him. Let me try and compare that with a, the parable, a bit what it might be like today, if Jesus was possibly telling that story today. Does anyone here have a job yet? A couple of people? A few years, most of you guys, I'm sure, will. Just imagine this. You're getting paid to work at Macca's. And at Macca's, they're paying you to make burgers. Now, that's what you're paid to do. But one day, the big boss of Macca's walks in. Imagine if he said to you, hey, why don't you come and have something to eat? And while I'm paying you to be making burgers, you just stop and just sit down and just enjoy yourself and just make and just, just eat some food with me. Now, that would be weird. That's not what would happen. Rather, what would happen is the big boss would come in and he would say, make some food for me. And then while I'm eating my food, you keep working because that's what I'm paying you to do. That's what would be normal. It would be weird 
if that didn't happen. It would be weird if the big boss um, served the, the person who's getting paid. That, so what you'd expect is that the person being paid serves the master. So the story of Jesus is along those lines. The servant, he's just doing what he's expected to do. But what does this have to do with us? Servants and masters, servants serving him. Have a look at verse 10 with me. So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. God owns us. Our lives are his. What we do revolves around him and what he wants from us. We serve him, not him serving us. Now serving God as well, just like that servant, he worked in the field all day and then he came in and prepared his master's food. For us serving God, it's not just a little bit of our life, not just serving him a bit here and a bit there, it's serving him in everything. It's not just serving him for a while and taking some time off. Everything we do in all of life, we belong to God. Our lives are his. Everything we do is not about us now. It's about him. Now, do you see how that makes the way we view our lives radically different than if we weren't owned by God? We are servants. Just imagine you're working at Macca's. The big boss comes in and he asks you for a burger. And you just say to him, nah, don't feel like it at the moment. Not going to do it. Exactly what he would do. You're fired. And that's what you would deserve. Because life doesn't revolve around you and what you can get the boss to do for you. It's the other way around. Now, it's like that with God when our lives aren't completely his. If you're a servant of God, everything in your life is his. If it's not, if there's parts that you don't live for him, if you don't give everything to him, then it's just like that. No, I don't feel like it. But what position are we to say that to God? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Let me just read out for you. This is what it says. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your body. If you call yourself a Christian, if you believe that Jesus died for you, you are not your own. You have been bought at a price. Jesus' life for yours. But how does he want us to serve him? Is being sold out for God, giving your life fully to him, just for the heaps religious Christians, just for the hardcore Christians? Is it enough to say, I believe in Jesus, I try to serve him most of the time, in most of the things I do? Well, Jesus is saying that's not what it is to be a servant. That's not what it is. Because we were bought at a price. Not just some parts of us, not just a little bit of our life, but God bought all of us with Jesus. Our life is not ours, but God's. So now we're here to serve God. 
How does that look like day to day for us? Some situations will be different for everyone. But let's just have a think about what it might look like on a given day. You wake up in the morning and your mum asks you to do something, but you don't feel like doing it. So what do you do? Well, God says, honour your mother and father. So it matters that you obey them. That's serving God in all of your life. You get to class. People are passing around a note teasing someone. What would God want you to do? It matters. Throw the note in the bin or pass it back. All of your life is his. It's lunchtime. Your friends are talking about trash, joking about sex. You don't join in. You don't laugh along. All of your life is God's. You get home from school. Normally, you'd spend four hours on the computer. But your life is God's. First, maybe, you'd read some Bible and then spend some time on the computer. Or Friday nights. What's more of a priority? Coming along to youth and getting God's word into you? Or going along to friends' parties? Wanting to hang out with your mates? when you could be coming to youth and inviting your mates along to hear the good news. So we are God's servants. All of our lives are his. Now, if we do this really well, if we, if we um, seek to live all our life for him, does that mean then God owes us something? Does that mean we're doing such a great job that, that we deserve something from him? Well, have a look about what it means to be owned by him in verse 9 and 10. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. We are servants of God, owned by him. That's our duty. Some of you guys might be sitting here, hearing that, and you think, being a Christian sounds like such a burden. That sounds like being a servant of God is just a boring duty. Well, what attitude ought we have as servants of God? And I think it's no mistake that God, in his word, designed the next story of Jesus to come straight after this parable. Jesus helps us to see our attitude should be thankful servants. Please have a listen to me with this story and read along. Verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So basically, Jesus is out in the sticks. He's out in the middle of nowhere. Samaria and Galilee, middle of nowhere. As he's going into a village, verse 12, two men who had, sorry, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, it's no mistake Jesus meets these guys out in the middle of nowhere. They had leprosy. And if you don't know what that was, it was a disease that affected people's skin and it was infectious. And if people had leprosy, they weren't allowed anywhere near people. They had to leave their home, their family, move out of town. They had to just live on the outskirts, away from everyone. So having leprosy was a terrible thing. Having leprosy meant you were a loner and an outcast in society. And you see, they stood at a distance. They couldn't even come near Jesus because of their skin and the disease that they had. What does Jesus do when they cry out to him? Verse 14. 
When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus heals these guys. He tells them to go to the priest, which is something they were meant to do after they'd been cleansed. But he tells them just to go as they are. And as they're on their way, they get healed of this disease. Miraculously healed. Now, can you just imagine what that would be like for these guys? They're outcasts. They can't see their families. Who knows how long it's been like that? And all of a sudden, they're healed. That's amazing. They can come back. They can see their family again. How would they respond? How would you respond if something like that happened? You'd be excited. You'd be so thankful for what Jesus has done. How did they respond? Verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Now this guy gets what's happened. He's stoked that Jesus has healed him, filled with thankfulness, filled with joy. And he falls at Jesus' feet and thanks him. His life's changed. But he's the only one who returns. Have a look at verse 17. Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now can you believe the attitude of these other guys? They'd been healed of this disease. They can be reconciled to their families. Miracles happened. And they don't even return to give thanks to God. Now it shows you where their hearts were. It shows you that their hearts were hard toward God. This amazing thing happened and they weren't even thankful about it. But what about you? Are you thankful for what God has done for you? Or do you keep living life like nothing's happened and the thought of being his servant is a great burden? Now you see, these guys, they were cleansed from leprosy. They were, it was huge, a miracle, changed their life. But leprosy, that's only something that affects this life. If your trust is in Jesus, then you've been cleansed of something so much greater. Cleansed of sin that affects eternity broken relationship with God that's been fixed that's huge do you get how great that is do you see how we ought to be thankful to God for what he's done for us we can have life we can talk to our creator and this life isn't it because he died on the cross for us his place for ours personal relationship with the creator of the universe. Do you get how big that is? Does your life praise God because of it? Or is your heart like one of the lepers who did not return? God's offered this salvation. You might even say you've taken it. But where is your heart at if you're not thankful for what he's done? Not thankful for your life to be his, owned by him.
Do you get that he owns us? We are his servants. This life, it's not about us. He is our master and we've been sold to him. Do we get that this is not just a painful duty, but a thankful privilege to live for our master who gave himself for us, that we might be free to live for him. So if you're a Christian, then you belong to God. You're his servant and your life is his. But not just a a servant out of duty that's boring, but a servant who's been saved by our master. So we serve him with thankfulness. Let me close in prayer for us. Thank you, Father, that we have the privilege of living for you. I just ask that you would help us um, to serve you out of thankfulness. Please bring conviction in our lives if they don't all belong to you. Not every part of it is yours. And just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.